It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks again for joining me, a Tuesday edition of the show. Going to be a football-heavy show today. News breaking yesterday, the BYU and Utah have extended their football series for two more games for the 2024 season. We'll talk about the news of that here in this first segment. Second segment of the show, updating on some of the news and notes around the BYU football program. It's official that BYU is losing a staff member, Ryan Pugh, headed back to the southeast. Also, one of the bigger players in the most recent in terms of transfer news for BYU, also transferring out in Tavita Moonga, probably the most impactful transfer in my mind. We'll talk about that in the second segment. And, of course, we'll catch up on everything else we haven't touched on in the final segment of the show as we wrap things up with quick hits. That's the layout of today's show. We are brought to you today by our good friends at Roman. Get Roman. Roman.com slash locked on. We'll tell you about them here in just a little bit more about what they're offering our listeners. And without further ado, let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for January 15th, 2019. Rivalries are one of the best things about college athletics, and I think you have to do everything you can to prop up those rivalries because it just does so much for a region, in this case a state. I look forward to talking to Tom. He's a friend up at BYU, and I just want to kind of get his perspective on the whole thing. I just want to talk to all the Utah people and just get a feel for it. The good news is it's scheduled. We're playing each other for the next number of years, and it gives me plenty of time to figure it all out. There you go, Mark Harlan, Utah Athletic Director. He made those comments about rivalries in June shortly after taking the job at the University of Utah. He was on with David James and Patrick Kinahan on DJ and PK in the morning on the Zone Sports Network. So thank you to them for letting me use that audio. I work on that show, so I should thank myself, I suppose, a little bit too. But thank them for letting me use that. And I think that underscores exactly the sentiment that the Utah Athletic Department and BYU's Athletic Department have in regard to the BYU and Utah football series. Uh, the news came out yesterday that BYU and Utah have extended their series in football for two more seasons through the 2024 season. Uh, the next six games will all be games that are in the early part of the season. The latest this game will be played is week three, September 16th, 2023 in Provo. Uh, so this is an exciting uh, development, I believe, for BYU and Utah. It shows that both sides value this game. I know that the fan base up north, the Utes, were less than enthused about this series being extended. But this is a good game for both sides. Of course, Utah owns that eight-game winning streak. A lot of jokes about it being old enough to be baptized, blah, 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 blah. We'll leave that to the side here. But BYU needs to get a win in this series. It's great to have this series intact. It's a local game. It, of course, has all the emotion. BYU gave up two 20-point leads and somehow 
lost this past year. They've come close in all, uh, most of those eight games outside of the 54-10 to game. BYU's had a chance in most of those games to win it uh, down to the wire. So BYU's got to get a win in the near future or else this is just going to turn into a one-sided affair. It's going to look more like BYU and Utah in the very, very early days of the series. We're talking the 30s and the 40s, the 2030s and 40s, and the 1900s when Utah just absolutely dominated BYU. The Cougars had their run under the tenure of Lavelle Edwards, but it's most recently it's been very one-sided. So the games are are exciting to me. Of course, the next two seasons, BYU and Utah are actually going to start the season against each other. It'll be the season opener. This is my opinion of where the game should be scheduled every year. It should be the opening game. If it's going to be played every year, make it the season opener. Let the fan bases go back and forth all summer long. Get ready for this game. It's a game that uh, TV, in terms of the TV side of things, there are going to be programmers, ESPN, Fox, whoever else, uh, CBS Sports, they will be very excited to have a big game like this that has a lot of national attention in week one when there's just a lot of one-sided FCS versus FBS showdowns. So it would be a great game for BYU to BYU and Utah to play the opening week and at least we get it for two seasons coming up August 29th 2019 we open the season this coming August against Utah with BYU taking them on in Provo Lavelle Edwards Stadium follow that up the next year on September 3rd, 4th, or 5th. They haven't set the date of the game. Uh, It'll be September 3rd, 4th, or 5th, 2020 in Salt Lake City. And then continuing on September 11th, 2021, the game will be played in Provo. Uh, September 3rd, 2022, a Week 2 game in Salt Lake City. Week 3 game, September 16th, 2023 in Provo. And then finally the last scheduled game as of yesterday, September 7th, 2024 in Salt Lake City. I can't reiterate enough that I think this is a great deal for BYU. It keeps a regional rival intact. Of course, they've built those rivalries with Utah State and Boise State. Uh, Kalani Sitake, they had it on their wall at the football facility this year, beat our rivals, and they listed three rivals, Utah, Utah State, and Boise State. And as it turns out, BYU is 0-3 against them. Kalani Sitake has actually only won one of those games in his tenure at BYU for three years. So he is 1-8 in the his so-called, what he, de- he describes as the BYU and Utah rivalry games. So it's going to be important for BYU to pick up some wins, especially against Utah at some point, because like I said, you can't just let this continue to go one-sided because eventually the Utah Athletic Administration, if it becomes a series where BYU always loses, Utah's administration is finally going to say, well, this, this has no worth to us. They understand the worth of it right now because it brings a lot of emotion, a lot of eyeballs. The national media pays attention to this game, and it just it has a lot of storylines around it. But if it does become too one-sided, it's no longer worth it. So I'm expecting that BYU is going to snap that streak at some point. Sports are always cyclical. It would have been great to see them do it this year. Like I said, collapsing and giving up two 20-point leads that you held was not a great look for BYU. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Kalani Satake and his uh, contract. He's entering the final year of his original deal with BYU. All indications are that he hasn't engaged with BYU in terms of negotiations over a contract extension. That doesn't mean it can't be done relatively quickly if he's willing to stay at BYU, wants to be there long term and BYU is willing to have them. I don't know which side is slow playing this or if it's a mutual decision to slow play it, but 
uh, BYU and, and especially Kalani Satake, you can't have that reputation of, okay, yeah, we get to bowl games, but we don't beat our rivals. Fan base won't be happy with it. I know Tom Homo isn't satisf- satisfied with it down there in the BYU Athletic Administration. They've got to get some wins over some of these rivals and none more so than the University of Utah. So uh, tip of the cap to Mark Harlan and Tom Homo for getting this deal done. It's great to see this series extended through 2024. Um, kind of convenient that this series is currently scheduled through that period because we've talked a lot about BYU and the next chance for them potentially to move up to a P5 conference would be that 2023 to 2025 uh, season that kind of span there when the TV contracts come up. So you never know. We'll see what happens, but it's exciting to have Utah on the schedule for the next six years. You know they're locked in. Boise State's also been locked in for long term, and of course Utah State continues to be part of BYU's slate each and every year. So scheduling for BYU as an independent is not... um, it's not going to be a hard thing. I, I, you look at some of these other independent programs, a New Mexico State, a Liberty, a UMass, they struggle to schedule independently. BYU, on the other hand, it's not that big of a struggle. They've got home and home set up with Missouri coming up, Tennessee. There's some big name teams, Stanford, USC. You have Utah on this schedule going forward. There are big name opponents for BYU going forward, and that bodes well for them if they do ultimately have to stick it out as an independent. Scheduling, I don't believe, is going to be an issue. The bigger issue to me is winning games against that top-level talent, the P5 teams you have scheduled each year. BYU's got four P5 opponents on this year's schedule, three of them at home, uh, conveniently enough, but they've got to figure out how to win these games because, yeah, it's great to schedule them. It's great to have them at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, but you've got to go win the games, plain and simple. All right, we will take a time out here. We'll come back, talk about some of the news and notes in the BYU football world. I know I promised we talk quarterbacks today, but that's the news and the great part about this podcast being daily. We can push it back a day when big news breaks like it did yesterday with the BYU and Utah scheduling. And we'll get to those quarterbacks. We're going to get to them this week at some point. I mentioned that we were going to start going through position groups, uh, looking back on the past season and also looking ahead. And we'll have that all covered for you here on the podcast. Podcast. Before we step aside here, though, do want to tell you about uh, one of today's sponsors on the show, and that is our good friends at Roman. And let's be real, guys. We are awful, terrible at taking care of our health. You tweak your knee playing hoops. Uh, get a bum ankle when you're out there on the golf course whatever it is we're awful about getting it checked out we don't want to go to the doctor you use the old adage rub some dirt in it and call it good and hey i'm completely i'm I'm okay admitting that's exactly what i do well the same is true for erectile dysfunction studies show that 70 percent of guys who experience ed don't get treated for it thankfully roman has created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ed online roman is a one-stop shop where licensed u.s physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. There are no waiting rooms. There's not not that awkward face-to-face conversation with your doctor and there are no uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is go visit GetRoman.com slash locked, fill out a brief medical onboarding, chat with a doctor online, and then get your FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. 
Easy as that, guys. You get taken care of. Go online. Get checked out by that doctor. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys don't have to tackle alone because Roman is here to make it really easy and do it all online. So take care of it. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash locked. That's GetRoman.com slash locked for a free online visit. Once again, guys, check it out. GetRoman.com slash locked. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Want to let you guys know if you got a smart speaker, you've kind of made your house into that smart house where you can tell your Alexa or your Google Home or whatever other smart speaker you have to do everything for you. Well, it can even listen to this podcast for you. It makes it real easy. All you have to do is say play podcast Locked On Cougars and you'll have the latest and greatest in BYU news. So I encourage you guys to check it out. If you got one for Christmas, etc., tell it, hey, play podcast Locked On Cougars and you'll have the latest BYU. BYU news right there for you. All right, let's talk about it. BYU losing a coach off their coaching staff. BYU will be replacing offensive line coach Ryan Pugh. He is headed back to the southeast. He'll be Troy's new offensive coordinator under the new coach Chip Lindsey. A big-time promotion for Ryan Pugh. Crazy to see kind of how meteoric his rise has been. He spent four years as a graduate assistant from 2012 to 2015. Spent a season at uh, UT San Antonio before coming to BYU this past season as an offensive line coach. And now he's off to Troy to play in the Sun Belt or coach in the Sun Belt as their offensive coordinator means there's an opening now on BYU staff. I know entering the offseason Kalani Satake was very bullish on his chances of keeping his staff completely intact, bringing back the same guys, but like it is with most jobs, guys have connections to other players. Chip Lindsay, a former Auburn guy, where Ryan Pugh played and won a national title. They're associated with one another and you can't begrudge a young man like Ryan Pugh. Young coach but wants to have an opportunity to maybe be a head coach one day to get a chance as an offensive coordinator this early in his career is a big time opportunity and best of luck to him. Now it leaves an opening and a big hole in BYU's offense at offensive line coach. Of course Ryan Pugh was a protege of Jeff Grimes and was a guy that BYU fans I think we're starting to really come around and, and embrace. He's a guy that embraced BYU as a great recruiter. Now you look at it and say okay who can they replace him with? I can list a couple of guys for you. Of course, Jeff Grimes, he has been helping with the offensive line in addition to his offensive coordinating duties. I would expect that Dallas Reynolds, a former BYU player, spent a lot of time in the NFL as well. Of course, son of uh, longtime BYU line coach Lance Reynolds is going to be in the mix. He was a graduate assistant a year ago on this staff working with with the offensive line and by all reports did an incredible job, especially working with 
guys in the interior of the line, talking about the development of a guy like Keanu Saliapaga, uh, James Empey, etc. And he's a guy I think will get an opportunity to, ha- to interview for this job, maybe be looked at it for the chance to take over as an offensive line coach. I could also sue BYU if they were so desirous. They could go approach Mike Empey about coming back. Of course, he spent time under the Ty Detmer's regime as the offensive coordinator, as the offensive line coach. He spent a lot of time at BYU in in the 2000s as a tight ends coach, also an offensive line coach. I do know that he would be interested in getting back in. We'll see how that shakes out. One other name to pay attention to would be a guy like Eric Mateos. Excuse me. Mateos is the offensive line coach currently at Texas State in San Marcos. He's a former graduate assistant for Jeff Grimes at LSU. A guy that, like, similar to what Ryan Pugh was, a guy that's familiar with what Jeff Grimes demands out of his offensive line coach, would be aware of that. It would be an upgrade in terms of prestige as a coach to move from Texas State to BYU. So keep an eye on Mateos, and we'll see what happens. I, I'm not sure that um, BYU is going to be, I guess, in a huge huge rush to fill this. They're going to make sure they get the right guy. I think guys like A.J. Stewart have been guys at BYU. They they held off for a little bit in terms of getting Stewart on board, but he has been a revelation in terms of his ability to recruit, especially in Texas and kind of in the Midwest, down into the South, similar to what Ryan Pugh was. And Pugh will be a guy that's going to be hard to replace on the recruiting front, but I do believe that BYU has options to fill that hole, and we will keep you updated on anything we hear here on the podcast um, but like I said, I do know that Mike Ampey, I can report that, would be interested in returning to the coaching game if he was given that opportunity. I know he was in the mix to be retained on the offensive staff last year when Jeff Grimes took over. Ultimately, Jeff Grimes decided he wanted to bring Ryan Pugh in as the offensive line coach. It was kind of just an odd man out situation for Ampey. So if he's given the opportunity, I know he would be interested in it. I do think that Dallas Reynolds definitely will be in the mix simply due to the fact He's been a graduate assistant and is familiar with this system. And then, yeah, a former another Jeff Grimes protege and Eric Mateos, who's got experience now as an offensive line coach and also having worked under Jeff Grimes as a graduate assistant, I think would be a name to keep an eye on as well. Um, in terms of the transfer epidemic for BYU, a uh, big one over the weekend, probably the biggest to this point of the season, was the news that Tavita Muunga is going to move on from BYU. Of course, he redshirted this past season, announced that before the season that he would be sitting out. He'd missed most of fall camp with a few issues, according to the coaching staff. Never completely revealed what he was dealing with, but he is going to move on in his football career. Uh, I think this is a big loss. This is the biggest loss in terms of all the roster adjustments in terms of the transfers with the NCAA transfer portal for BYU and just simply due to the fact that he was a guy that was considered to be a guy who might be able to start alongside Kairos Tonga on that defensive tackle front and uh, Munga is a big body 330 pound mountain of a, a man a great player I thought was a guy that was fairly underrated in his ability to play but he is moving on and best of luck to him in terms of his next stop. I hope he finds the success he's looking for and is able to overcome whatever was ailing him at BYU and he can play well. Um, I So he adds, I believe he's the 10th of all the transfers from BYU at this point and best of luck to him. I, plain and simple, I don't, I, I don't think you can begrudge a young man for deciding it's his time to move on, find a new opportunity for himself and hopefully live out his dream as best he possibly can. And I 
I think these 10 players in the transfer portal for BYU, most of them are graduate transfers. So like I've talked about on the podcast previously, they fulfilled their end of the bargain in terms of graduating and then moving on. That's that's what you got to do. Guys like Moonga and Wayne Kirby, where they aren't necessarily close to graduation, here's hoping they can get to their new school and graduate in short order. They can get that college degree in hand because that's going to benefit them in the future. Um, one thing I do want to mention, I know that um, Hans Olsen from The Zone, it reported last week that uh, freshman linebacker Peyton Wilgar was in the transfer portal. I talked to a few people about that, and essentially what it is, um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this on one of these podcasts one of these days, is the transfer portal gives you the opportunity to be contacted by other coaches, and they can offer you scholarships. And Wilgar was a kid who walked on at BYU as a preferred walk-on, wasn't on scholarship, but was a highly thought-of a player, was a guy that was considered to be a, a potential recipient of a scholarship at some point but he's put his name in the transfer portal but all indications are that I think he wants to stay at BYU but he's playing a little bit of a game here with the coaching staff to see if another school might offer him a scholarship and tell BYU hey I'd like to stay here but they're offering me this scholarship and I can't blame him for playing that game uh, because it's smart on his part in terms of being able to get the scholarship that pays for his schooling rather than having to foot the bill and have to worry about that in addition to all of his responsibilities in terms of playing football. So I... I can't begrudge him for doing that. Uh, the transfer portal, your name going in that transfer portal does not automatically mean you have to leave your school. You do have the opportunity to withdraw your name from the portal and remain with your school, but it is a it is a risky ris- risky bet. Let's put it that way. A guy like Kalani Satake could look at Wilgar and say, "Hey, Peyton, I understand what you're trying to do here, but you're moving on." He, they don't. They're under no obligation as a coaching staff to retain the scholarship that you have occupied. Or or your spot on the roster once your name goes in that transfer portal. So it's a it's it's an interesting situation on both sides, but every indication is that Peyton Wilgar would like to remain with BYU, but he may be playing a little bit of a game here to see if he can get himself a scholarship and maybe it's almost like if you were an employee, you get an offer from one company, you go to the company you might be with or another company and say, "Hey, this is what they're offering. What are you willing to put up?" So I can't blame him for doing that, but every indication is that Peyton Wilgar would like to remain with the Cougars. But like I said, the the big news is that Tevita Maunga moving on. I believe he is the most impactful transfer so far of the 10 that have been announced by BYU players. All right. Well, uh, that's some of the news on the BYU football front. And best of luck to Ryan Pugh. I wish him nothing but the best with Troy. Hopefully he's able to do great things there as their offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach with the Trojans. I would expect the Chip Lindsay, a guy who is an offensive savant, probably the play caller, but still exciting to see Ryan Pugh get that promotion and be an offensive coordinator. All right. We'll step aside. We'll come back, wrap up today's show with everything else we haven't touched on in quick hits. This is Locked on Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary.
close out today's edition of Locked on Cougars. I want to thank you guys for your continued support here on the podcast. Please continue to share with your family and friends. Let them know about this daily source of BYU news. Also, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on whatever podcatcher you use. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you catch us. Please rate and review. It's worth its weight in gold in the podcast world, and I thank you guys for taking the time to do that. All right, got some news to cover for you on the football front. Uh, congratulations to Tanner Mangum, former BYU quarterback. He actually had a great day. He was participating um, in a showcase event at the Tropical Bowl in Daytona Beach over the weekend. He went 11 of 12 for 68 yards and led two scoring drives as the American team which he was playing for uh, beat the national team 24 to 16. So Tanner Mangum, let's be real, a guy that was great in the short to intermediate passing game and an 11 of 12 number for 68 yards shows exactly what he can do. I can't blame him for pursuing pro football. If he gets the opportunity, do it. I know the Alliance of American Football may be an option for him if he so desires, but best of luck to him and a good showing, and congratulations to him on that. We'll update you guys on the other BYU players that are going to be playing in showcase events this week and next week, later on this week on the podcast, but congratulations to Tanner Mangum on getting things started in a positive direction. On the basketball front, uh, both the men's and women's uh, teams had the West Coast Conference player of the week on their respective rosters we'll start off on the women's side Paisley Johnson Paisley Johnson excuse me was the women's basketball player of the week for January 14th 2019 it is her first honor and the second for BYU this year she's helped lead BYU to a 6-0 league record so far scoring at least 20 points in both road wins last weekend she uh, tied for game highs with 24 points along with three assists two rebounds and one steal at Pacific last week and then in their win over St. Mary she had a career high 25 points with two rebounds two steals and one assist so congratulations to Paisley Johnson on that award Award. Yoli Childs, of course, helping BYU to a 2 0 week that himself was named as the men's basketball player of the week for January 14th, 2019, by the WCC. Helped lead BYU to wins over Portland and Santa Clara, averaging 27.5 points, nine rebounds, one and a half assists, and one steal per game. He shot 60% from the field, 55.6% from three point range, and 82.4% from the free throw stripe. Uh, we've talked a lot about Yoli Childs. It was a great piece, actually, by Jeremy Wu in Sports Illustrated. I'll see if I can link it in the show notes on today's thing, talking about him as a mid-major NBA draft prospect. Uh, Jeremy believes that he has actually kind of rounded his game, doing what NBA teams wanted him to do to show that he could be a guy that can contribute at the NBA level. And it would be a feather in the cap of Dave Rose to get a guy like Yoli Childs as as, a, as an NBA prospect to get him in the second round and actually be drafted. But a lot of guys who have been rumored to be prospects, Eric Mika, Elijah Bryant recently, but they're now playing overseas. To see a guy like Yoli Childs, who has refined his game, um, to see him actually make the NBA as a draft pick would be a big-time accomplishment for Dave Rose, a big feather in his cap after a run of guys that who were thought to be NBA prospects not ultimately panning out to this point. And uh, with Yoli Childs, him shooting that 55% from three, I know he's not taking as many threes of late in the past few weeks weeks, but he needs to show the ability to hit that three to play in the NBA because he is a tweener at six foot eight. He rebounds well, etc. but he does need to make sure 
that he can shoot the outside shot at a consistent clip because that'll be very important for him if he wants to make the NBA. So congratulations to Yoli Childs on the award. It is his second WCC Weekly Award this season, the third of his career. Uh, One final note for you guys before we go on today's podcast is the women's gymnastics team, junior Shannon Evans. She shared Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference Bars and Floor Specialist of the Week honors after her performance against number three Utah Friday night. Uh, She scored a 9.875 on the uneven bars, tying Utah's Michaela Skinner for the top score in the event. And then she also scored a 9.9 on her floor routine. The floor routine's kind of gone viral on Twitter. I would encourage you guys to check it out. Just uh, just look up Shannon Evans' floor routine. She did a video game themed uh, with Mario, etc. on her floor routine. It was very original. It was really cool. I'm a kid of the 90s. I grew up with the Super Nintendo, etc. So it was a throwback for me and I really enjoyed it. And congratulations to Shannon Evans on the award. The women's gymnastics team is headed up to Utah State this Friday for a meet with rival Utah State. And we'll keep you updated on that as it draws closer. All right, that is today's podcast. Thanks again for joining me. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. Really simple name, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-U-G-A-R-S. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. Uh, feel free to reach out anytime with questions, concerns, comments, whatever you've got. You also can email me at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com if you are interested in sponsoring the show, etc. Similar to what Roman is doing, I would encourage you guys, you can go to GetRoman.com slash Locked. Check out what they're offering our listeners. But we'd love to help represent your brand as well here on the podcast. And you can talk to me about that by emailing me at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. All right. Thanks again for joining me on today's show. Back tomorrow with the latest and greatest in BYU news. Getting to quarterbacks at some point this week. We'll see what news breaks overnight, but we'll have it all covered for you right here on the podcast. This has been Locked on Cougars for January 15th, 2019. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day